Welcome to the Theology Mom Podcast, hosted by theologian Krista Bontrager. Each week, Krista provides practical teaching to help everyday Christians gain a deeper understanding of their faith. And now, here's Krista. Hello, and welcome to the Theology Mom Podcast. I'm Krista Bontrager, and this is a special edition of the podcast this week. I'm going to be dropping this as a bonus episode. I wanted to do an extended review of the movie Sound of Freedom. And I had written about the film last week on my blog with a little bit of a different focus. But toward the end of the blog, I said that I would probably uh, see the film and offer some comments and a review about it. And I have seen the film now. And so I wanted to take a few minutes to offer some thoughts about the film itself. And here I'm just going to be analyzing the film based on its cinematic and educational merits. Um, I'm not going to be commenting in this podcast about uh, why I am not a fan of Tim Ballard, why I'm not on the Tim Ballard hype train. Um, I'm just strictly commenting on the film itself. If you want to know about the questions I have regarding Tim Ballard himself, you can check out my blog post. And um, I'll just leave it at that. So I'm going to start off here uh, first talking about some of the cinematic elements. Um, This is another contribution from Angel Studios. Angel Studios kind of jumped into our awareness because of the TV series The Chosen, although The Chosen is no longer with Angel Studios. But it um, seems like Angel Studios is really trying to position itself as an independent competitor to Hollywood, as an outsider. Um, they, uh, when we went to go see Sound of Freedom, we sat through 25 minutes of, I don't know, teasers, trailers, um, previews, I guess that's what they're called. And uh, two of them were from Angel Studios about forthcoming projects. And it it really seems like they are trying to put themselves in a position to be an independent competitor with Hollywood, making films outside of the Hollywood system as um, an indie filmmaker, and that these films are designed to be good storytelling and um, with some appeal to families, more conservatively-minded viewers, some with religious themes, some not. And, you know, personally, like I've said on my podcast many times before, I am an advocate for free market solutions. And I think this is great. I know some people just want to write them off because it's owned by uh, some members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm not as bothered by that because all of the other studios are owned by pagans and people see their movies all the time. Um, I am for content. I am for quality storytelling that does not um, hate my values. So I can live with uh, some interesting contributions to the conversation. Maybe I'll see some more films from Angel Studios. Maybe I won't, but um, I am all for competition. So I'll look forward and keeping my eyes on what uh, comes forward from them. 
Uh, the film itself, Sound of Freedom, uh, is an independent production. It was not produced by Angel Studios. They picked up the distribution rights. The film actually wrapped in production about five years ago and then languished and bounced around to a few different studios and was having difficulty finding a distributor. I know there's all kinds of conspiracy theories about that um, the Hollywood studios were trying to deep six the film uh, because Hollywood's for, full of pedophiles. I, I don't I don't know. I, I can't speak authoritatively to that. But um, either which way, uh, Angel Studios won out and got the distribution rights, and they're doing a pretty solid job of getting it out there. I read some projections the other day, you know, that the film could end up making $100 million. So uh, for an indie film, that's pretty, pretty remarkable. Pretty remarkable. Um, and the film is solid all the way down. Um, many indie, indie films, especially indie films done, um, you know, with a Christian bent, uh, they're not good. The production values are often not good. But Sound of Freedom is a solid exception to that rule. Very solid filmmaking. The casting. My husband and I went and saw it together, and my husband has a background in filmmaking, and we both remarked about the casting. Even the child actors were all so solid. Um, it's rare that you see that kind of quality casting in an independent Christian-oriented film. Hats off to whoever, um, you know, did the casting and secured the casting. Very, very solid effort. This is a film which is a little unusual, not a lot of dialogue. Uh, it's a very kind of slow-moving film in the sense that there isn't a lot of talking. It, it's a lot of long shots. It's a lot of moving shots. Half of the dialogue that is there is in Spanish with subtitles. Now, I don't know if this was deliberate because they were really trying to go for an international market. Uh, there's a whole theory about that, that if you want a film to do well internationally, you can't have a lot of dialogue. And that tends to be why action films do so well in international distribution, because there just isn't a lot of dialogue. And so this is a lot of action. And action apparently is in a universal language. But, um, you know, there just really isn't a lot of dialogue, but it didn't even really bother me. I just kind of noticed it, it but because it was so unusual. But um, it the film came off even without a lot of talking. The camera work, my husband noticed this too, is that the camera work was so purposeful and quality cinematography, really, really thoughtful, intentional. And I know we're getting to kind of to nerdsville here with commenting about the camera work, but because of the background that my husband and I have in filmmaking is just, we kind of tend to tune into the little things like that. Um, the soundtrack was even solid. It was unusual. Um, a lot of um, songs in Spanish, but still very enjoyable. I thought the the soundtrack was very good and enjoyable, even though, you know, I didn't know the music. Um, I couldn't sing along to it, but it was still very good. Just from from start to finish, very solid. 
effort all around on the cinematic elements. Now I want to comment a little bit on the educational merits of the film. And the first thing we have to say right off the bat is that it, it is impossible to capture the countless realities and truths of human trafficking in a single movie. It's just not possible. What we're getting in, in Sound of Freedom is a slice. It is a sliver, okay, of human trafficking and what it looks like in some cases. It, it highlights one way that child trafficking takes place, okay? But there are, in reality, myriads of ways that this horrific crime is perpetrated on children. So we want to keep this in mind. We don't want to make it make the film be more than it really is. Um, it is it, this is not from all the research I've done, and I'm going to be bringing guests on my podcast next month. Um, and uh, they have told me behind the scenes, you know, that the film doesn't capture the typical ways that child sex trafficking is done, it, but it does capture one way that it's done. Um, the complexity of human trafficking is profound. Um, each case presenting its own unique and nuanced aspects to it. But I think Sound of Freedom, in spite of all of that, still offers some valuable education about trafficking. But to get a better sense of the problem, if you really get interested in this and you want to find out more and you want to educate yourself Look up how trafficking looks in your area. That will serve you well. And then you'll you'll begin to get a more accurate picture of what it looks like near you as opposed to the film. Um, it, and it's also important to understand, based on the research I've done, that uh, human traffickers are always evolving and changing and adjusting their methods and techniques based on how they're being tracked and and trends and all of this. So again, just keep in mind that the movie is giving you a slice of what sex trafficking looks like. Do not universalize what you see in the film to be this is what is typical. Do your homework to educate yourself about what it looks like in your area. Because at the end of the day, um, this is a movie and not a documentary. And yet, even so, like I said, I do think that the movie provides some value to shed light on a very real problem. Um, now, the the filmmakers and um, Tim Ballard and his one-man media tour that he's been doing um, all over, you know, a conservative and Christian media and talking about the film has, has acknowledged that there's aspects of the film that are embellished. But it says right at the beginning of the film, quote unquote, based on a true story. So we ought to expect some amount of embellishing for storytelling purposes to make it fit the feature film format. And we do get that. And um, I I think that that's not a real problem for me, that there's, there's some embellishments or some storytelling liberties that they take. But even in spite of that, the filmmakers still do a solid job of presenting kind of the core essence of trafficking. Now, toward the end of the movie, the last third of the film, there is a scenario that they that they depict that to me just seems so wildly fanciful that um, it almost felt like the film jumped the, jumped the shark at the end 
because of the the final third of the film and the the at that aspect of the storytelling um but for the first two thirds i felt like the filmmakers did a pretty solid job of presenting kind of the core essence of this slice of human trafficking that they chose to highlight the last third of the film i thought was almost pure fantasy and um i didn't care for it as much uh i thought what the story did well though was capture kind of the nature of the networks of human trafficking and how these people collaborate with each other and create a pipeline uh, for supply and distribution. They portrayed the recruitment process or a recruitment process, one recruitment process. They, they portrayed collaboration between multiple traffickers, how they moved victims. And so I thought the film did a good job of, of explaining kind of the concept of the network even if some of those elements were embellished in a big picture way, I thought that that had some value. Um, the particular recruitment method that is used in the film where they're recruiting the children, the film uses the ruse of recruiting children through a modeling agency. And this is a way that sometimes children and, and adults, even teenagers, get recruited into sex trafficking situations. Evil people manipulate vulnerable people's emotions, prey on their dreams, make false promises, exploit their hopes in an attempt to effectively recruit victims. And um, that is real. It is a way. And again, what you have to keep in mind is you're being presented with a slice of how human trafficking happens. There is not just one way that people get recruited. And I think that from the research I've done, this is this is like a minority way. This this shouldn't be universalized to think that this is always how it's done, but it is a way that it's done. Um, I also appreciated the fact that the film showed that women can and do participate in human trafficking. Um, there is a woman who is involved in the recruiting that's portrayed in the film, and I think that that is an educational point that many people might not be aware of. Uh, when I volunteered at the Union Rescue Mission for four and a half years. Um, and then we're going to be having a, a guest on our podcast from the Orange County Rescue Mission to talk about their program that they that they have there for um, helping people who are coming out of trafficking situations. What I was stunned to find out when I was volunteering there is how many of the gals had been trafficked by their own mothers. Like, I just was like, Really? Oh, okay. I was not expecting that plot line. Okay. So women, even mothers can play a role in sex trafficking. It is. And I, I appreciated the fact that the movie highlighted um, that this is not something that is just done by men. I also appreciated the fact that the film depicted both male and female trafficking victims. Um, often there's kind of this assumption that victims of human tra sex trafficking are all women, but that's not true. And so I appreciated that they included um, males in that, and in this case, a, a, a male child. Um, and I, you know, I don't know, I'm not an expert, but this is something I can ask about on a future podcast when I have people on is, 
you know, I don't know the exact numbers, but like the ratio of male to female victims, I'm sure that females are, are the vast majority, but but it does affect males. And so raising awareness about male trafficking victims is important. And, and I appreciated that the film did that. Um, I appreciated that the film did not exploit the children who were on screen. You, although the film was dealing with a very difficult, emotional and sensitive subject, the children were not put in situations, the children actors were not put in situations where they would have to be portraying scenes of, um, sex, sexual victimization. I thought the the movie did a very good job of hinting at the problem. You knew what the problem was, but they didn't show anything graphic. They didn't, they weren't, they did it in such a way that it was very tasteful and your, your mind kind of filled in the rest. It was still tragic. It was still horrible, but I appreciated the fact that they didn't feel the need to show every jot and tittle of the abuse in order to make it authentic. Um, I, I really, really appreciated that. I think that's one of the reasons why the film is actually done so well. Um, now, the film did contain a scene where children were shown being transported in shipping containers. Uh, this is kind of a disputed point in the film, the frequency that shipping containers are used in human smuggling or human trafficking is a little uncertain. Now, there there have been ample examples of smuggling of migrants through cars and planes and tunnels and all of that sort of thing. But the question of transporting people in, in containers, there isn't a lot of evidence for that. And um, so that, I think, I left with a little bit of a question mark. It was a great plot point in the film, but I... Based on the research I've, I've done, I'm I I don't think that that's completely like typical or possibly even accurate. Uh, but I could be wrong about that point. Now, in the film, uh, after Tim Ballard rescues a young boy, he takes him out for a hamburger, begins to ask him about his experiences. A lot, some of the research I've done online from experts do have some concerns about the scene because. It, it's kind of not consistent with best practices of talking to a traumatized child, asking a traumatized child to, to recount their trauma in that way that he does, could end up actually re-traumatizing the child. So the film did allude to some kind of support through medical assistance um, after victims were rescued, which I, which I appreciated. Um, and I wish that the film had shown a little bit more that survivors need specialized care and support in order to heal from these traumas. That's not really shown in the film. It's almost like the people just go back to their lives after they're rescued, which isn't at all the case. And so that was a little point that I felt like um, needed some help uh, to shore up a little bit uh, to give people a, a better or a more accurate picture of what happens. Um, I did really appreciate, though, that the film subtly touched on the secondary trauma that some of the agents experience who do this work in tracking pedophiles. I don't think there's nearly enough awareness about that issue. 
And I really appreciated that the film um, hinted at that. Um, secondary trauma is real for people who work in these contexts and related contexts with children who have experienced extreme trauma. Um, and I was glad for that component of the film. Um, now, the film shows, toward the middle of the film, shows a very elaborate scenario to entrap child traffickers. Um, this is another concern that I've read from people who are involved in anti-trafficking efforts. Um, there are questions about whether or not these kinds of elaborate parties that Ballard throws at times to try to trap child sex traffickers, whether that actually ends up increasing demand and that it doesn't actually solve the long-term problem. It doesn't address the root issues uh, and causes for sex trafficking. And um, so, you know, there's there's experts who work in that area, and that's not me, and I'm not trying to pass myself off as an expert, just letting you know that you know, there are questions about those methodologies. It makes for great Hollywood movies to have a big party to try to trap these pedophiles. But uh, a lot of people who work in the industry itself question whether or not that's really the best way to go about it. So I think that overall, the, the film is worth watching. Um, again, it's, it's well acted, it's well written, and I think it will continue to raise awareness about an important subject. I do wish that um, there would be more conversation about even the parts that are supposedly true about the film. There's a lot of questions, and I think there's reasonable questions, that even the parts of the film that are supposed to be true are actually embellished. And so we almost have like embellishments of embellishments but I will leave that as an open-ended question, um, and you can read more about that on my blog post, and you can go to theologymom.com, click on blog, and you will see it there. It is called Differentiating Between Fact and Fiction Isn't Always Easy, and I will continue to update that post as new things develop. And with that... That is my movie review on the film Sound of Freedom. I hope you found it helpful and that you will share this with a friend. Thank you so much for listening and God bless. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe to the Theology Mom podcast and add your review. You can also follow Krista at Theology Mom on Facebook and YouTube. Join Krista for more theology adventures on the All The Things Show, co-hosted with Monique Dusan. Thanks for listening.